Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Portland Public Affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. Joining us this week on Metroscope is Dan King. Dan is the vice president of Hillsborough Firefighters Random Acts. He has been with the organization serving as vice president for three years and also spent seven years volunteering with HFRA. And he has been a firefighter and paramedic for the city of Hillsborough for nine years he has a wife, a three-year-old daughter, and they're expecting another daughter this summer, as well as a nine-year-old Springer Spaniel. So, Dan, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I got to ask off the top, is the dog male or female? Do you have another male in the house? <laughs> I do not. It's a girl, so I am uh, I'm thoroughly outnumbered, especially <laughs> here coming up in July. <laughs> well, there there you go. Um, well, we appreciate you coming on, and we're excited to talk to you about what you guys have going over there at Hillsboro Firefighters Random Acts. And uh, your mission statement is creating a positive difference in the lives of individuals through random acts of kindness. And let's just start with the blanket question of who you guys are, because a lot of people probably don't know that, but this is a great platform for people to get to know who you are and, and what you do. So talk to us a little bit about your organization and just what you guys are all about. Yeah. Um, so simply put, we're a community assistance organization um, and we're in kind of a unique position to uh, be able to provide um, emergent assistance to people uh, based on the emergency calls that we go on um, from day to day. So our members, when they're out in the field responding to an emergency, um, may see a need. Um, primarily, you know, we work with primarily low-income families, um, and they may see a need while they're out on a call, um, and those needs vary drastically. Um but we're in a position where our members can um, use our funds to immediately make a purchase or help a family member out, um, whatever that need may be, whether it's food, shelter, uh, clothing, etc. Um, and that's that's the the whole premise of the organization and what we do. Um, and then beyond that, we're also able to take less emergent um, referrals from the community, from our members. Um, people can also um, refer themselves or request donations. Um, so the basis of what we do, the foundation of it is dealing with those emergent needs uh, to help people. Um, and then uh, beyond that, we're able to help with um, yeah, things that may not be as emergent, but still very necessary um, and essential for people. And you guys were founded back in 2005, um, and so you've been around for, for a little while now. And 
I guess just how did how I mean obviously your guys's line of work you understand uh, the needs of folks within your community because you guys are in the community so often but just uh, give us a little insight into kind of how you guys were founded how it all came together. Yeah, so one of our uh, firefighters, his name's Ted Whiteman. He's now retired, um, but so he founded this organization back in uh, 2005, and it's modeled after a, a similar organization that's been around for a long time um, out of Oakland, California. Um, so that's what it's modeled after. Ted Ted Whiteman is an amazing man. He's dedicated his him and his family have dedicated their lives to uh, mission work. Um, currently, they live. He retired, and him and his wife live in Eldoret, Kenya, um, doing mission work over there. Uh, but so he founded this organization on the belief that, um, as a department, we can do more for the community than just our everyday uh, emergency response. And he saw that you know we're in a unique position to um, see people's needs. Um, inside their homes or outside their homes. Um, and we could do something about that. Um, we, we could help beyond just that emergency response over there for, you know, a short amount of time and then leave. Um, and so he founded this organization and it's grown since, and it's just kind of continued to grow. Um, and now we've kind of taken it on as a department. We just have a lot of pride in it. And, um, are really happy that this exists and that we can do something like this. Mm-hmm. And this is a charitable organization. Again, Dan King joining us, Hillsborough Firefighters Random Acts, uh, joining us this week on Metroscope. Um, and basically, it's it seems like what you guys do for the community is awesome. I mean, I, I know that you just mentioned, and I think that's a great way to think about it is, you respond uh, in emergency situations, but then you also notice, hey, maybe this this specific household or this community in general or this street uh, needs some help. And so you guys help provide shelter, food, even cover expenses and certain living needs at times, um, you know, perhaps maybe heat during the winter months. Uh, give us a little insight on examples of how you guys specifically uh, help people in the community, and and I, if you've been out on a first response mission and you you've seen something that was maybe particularly jarring about a specific household or a street, maybe a specific example that touched you um, that you've realized uh, how you guys are kind of making a difference with the work that you do. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, probably the most uh, frequent example of what we do is. Um, helping people who are displaced from their homes for various reasons. You know, we respond as a department, there's an emergency going on. And for whatever reason, um, that family cannot stay in that home for that night or for whatever length of time. Um, And they just need help, you know, with that one or two nights while they get back on their feet and try to figure things out logistically. Um, And we're able to right then and there, get them placed in a hotel room for one or two nights. Um, and while they, you know, try to get back on their feet and figure things out. Um, and we may also help provide them meals for the day, um, as well as other essentials, um, you know, whether they lost, um, whether they lost items in a fire or whatever it may be, um, we're able to just kind of provide that there in the moment. Um, and, 
that's probably the mo- one of the most common things that we're able to do. Um, some other some other examples um, that less emergent um, are we got a referral for a woman who had just had a really unfortunate um, series of, of years. Her husband uh, died suddenly. Um, her mother uh, got cancer and died. Um, she then got cancer. She's a cancer survivor. Um, and wow. she just had gone through just an, an amazing set of challenging years. Um, and we, we learned about her just, just from our contacts in the community. Um, and she really needed um, siding on her home repaired and painted. One whole side of her house was in really bad shape. Um, and all of a sudden needed to be replaced. And then of course it would have to be painted. Um, and she, you know, just given her the situation over the last few years, didn't have, um, the money to put into something like that. Um, and so, uh, we were able to, um, contract out a siding company to take care of, um, all of the siding, um, and get all that. Uh, repaired and then our fire department and the police department actually all came together a ton of people volunteered their time and then we painted the house um and it was just this amazing uh it was just amazing to see both our police and fire departments come together to work on this and help someone who really needed it and had been gone through so much um so that, that's one of one of the most recent examples that just really touched me, um, and that made a made a huge difference. Um, it was really cool, cool to see. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, this is Dan King joining us, Hillsborough Firefighters Random Acts. He is the vice president, and he's been serving in that position for three years. Also, spent seven years volunteering, and has been a firefighter and paramedic for the city of Hillsborough for nine years. Um, I, you know, I was curious, I thought that was interesting when you were talking about being able to get displaced residents into a hotel quickly after a, a, an emergency situation, uh, whether that's a fire or, or whatever the case may be. I'm just kind of curious how that works. Cause I mean, I think that's something a lot of people, when they see a story on the news, like a big fire on the news, um, of course they feel bad, but then they just kind of maybe move past it or just think like, oh, well, you know, those people will be fine. But I mean, that's a truly a... I, I have kind of a shake, a shaking, tragic, a traumatic situation for people who are involved in fires. I mean, how does that work? And do you guys assist in in helping uh, them get into shelter for the night or or a hotel for the night? I mean, how does that work when you you know rescue folks from a an emergency situation there in their home and they can no longer be there? Like, what's what's the next step for them? And and how do you guys help on that part? Yeah, so the nice thing is, since we're already there, we're already on scene, right? Um, we can respond immediately to whatever that need is, um, whether it's shelter, food, or um, whatever it may be. And, uh, so our members can go about that in basically one of two ways. Uh, on our uh, chief's vehicle, um, we carry uh, funds, random acts funds on that vehicle. 
um, so that when a need arises, it can, those funds can be used immediately. Um, and our members know that uh, at their discretion, we, you know, we give them the discretion um, to uh, use those funds um, as they see fit uh, when they see a need. Um, and then if the need goes beyond the amount that's carried on the Chiefs rig, um, then they can't contact uh, either me or our president. Um, everybody, you know, they, they know our number and they know they can contact us at any time. Um, they can contact us and we can either uh, respond to the scene or we can deal with things over the phone um, to get those purchases handled. Um, and then if it's not as emergent and doesn't need to be dealt with right there and they choose not to use the funds that are on the Chiefs rig, um, then they can just call one of us and tell us the situation and then we can uh, deal with it from there. Uh, so that's kind of a w- one of two ways that mm-hmm. um, it's, it's dealt with. Interesting. This is Dan King. I appreciate you sharing that. Dan King, Vice President, Hillsborough Firefighters Random Acts, joining us this week on Metroscope. Been there in that position for three years. Uh, been a firefighter and paramedic for the city of Hillsborough for nine years. And so you guys, uh, almost on a you know daily or weekly, certainly monthly basis, um, obviously use use your organization, a uh, charitable organization to, to help out with folks in your own community. And then you also do a toy drive during the winter months and eventually uh, the week before Christmas, you have toys and food delivered to children in the area, over 1,700 children and 650 families in the Hillsborough area. It is, uh, let's see, the toy and joy drives. Yeah. So give us a little insight into that. And you start, sounds like you start collecting toys and other donations in the month of November. Or is it a year-round thing? Yeah, so it starts in November, um, typically early November, and goes until mid-December. Um, and so we do have fundraisers throughout the year with various organizations. Um, and then uh, we take uh, toy donations throughout November and December. They can be dropped off at any hospital fire station, um, as well as uh, we have over 20 local businesses that host internal toy drives for us also. Um, and come uh, mid-December, uh, all of those toys are collected and then um, taken to the Hillsborough Ilks Lodge. And the Hillsborough Ilks um, throughout the year collect referrals from the school district uh, for uh, low-income families that need assistance um, with uh, food and toys for Christmas. Um, and so the Hillsborough Ilks, they take all of those toys and they organize, organize them based on the age and gender of the children of all of these families. Um, and then uh, toward the end of the year, um, there's still, we may still need more toys um, than have been donated. So we partner with uh, Fred Meyer on Embry Drive in Hillsboro, and um, we will go do our annual toy buy where we show up and um, buy any remaining toys that are needed for uh, uh, children. Um, and they give us a huge discount. And, um, you know, last year we spent over $12,000, um, and bikes and helmets are included with that as well. Um, so then those all go to the Hillsborough Ilks. They organize them, 
Um, and then on usually the week before Christmas, the weekend before Christmas, uh, they all get delivered to those specific families uh, in Hillsborough. Just like you said, uh, last year it was just over 650 families, uh, totaling over 1,300 children in the Hillsborough area. Um, it's our biggest program, um, and it is just a ton of fun getting to getting to go out there and uh, deliver boxes of food and all the toys to those families the week before Christmas um, is just like the coolest thing to kick off the the holiday season. Well, it's it's a fantastic effort by you guys, um, and definitely something. You know, I've been a part of those toy drives before for various organizations, and um, I can you know I can speak a little bit on that as well as just kind of the, the gratification that you get from delivering toy boxes or or food as well around the holidays. Um, it just can't be beat. So that's awesome, man. And we thank you for that. How would people? How do you guys target the families in need? And then how would people, if they are a family in need? they sign up potentially to, to be a potential recipient for this program or other programs that you guys put on throughout the year? Or how exactly does that work with regards to developing those relationships with families in need in the Hillsborough community? Yeah. So if a family wants to request a uh, donation for uh, food and toys uh, for Christmas, um, they can reach out to our organization through our website. There's a link there to request uh, donation, um, or they can reach out to the Hillsborough Elks Lodge. Um, there's a number they can call, uh, just look up the Hillsborough Elks Lodge and they can call there, um, and get their name on the list. Um, uh, like I said, they also, the Hillsborough Elks also get referrals from the school district. So counselors, at, counselors and teachers at the schools throughout Hillsborough, um, you know, they, they know, uh, the students and the families very well. They know who uh, may need uh, assistance like that. And um, they will um, sign these families up on a list and then forward that list to uh, the Hillsborough Elks. Um, so what, what makes it really cool is we're able to organize and purchase uh, toys specifically for the age and the gender of each kid and each family. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That totally makes sense. Um, Dan King, Vice President, Hillsborough Firefighters, Random Acts, joining us this time on Metroscope. And then I guess uh, on the opposite end of that, for folks who want to donate, how would they go about doing that? I mean, I, I know I for the Toy Enjoy program and how you guys work um, with Fred Meyer as well during the winter months um, and the Hillsborough Elks Lodge, but uh, how would people donate either during the wintertime or, or throughout the year? Yeah, so for monetary donations, um, either uh, it's best to either do it by check over the mail or uh, through our website. So our mailing address is P.O. Box 895. That's Hillsborough, Oregon, 97123. Um, and through our website, it's hfra.us. Um, and there's a link in the top right-hand corner to go through and uh, donate. Um, so for monetary donations, those are the, the two resources. And then, of course, in uh, November and December, if people want to uh, bring by new unused uh, 
uh, toys to any Hillsboro fire station, um, we'll be accepting them and we uh, certainly appreciate it. Fantastic. And I imagine that's probably one of the main challenges that you guys face, right? I mean, that's what most nonprofits face is the funding and the uh, donations. What are some of the challenges that you guys face? Yeah, uh, just just like you said, that's that's the biggest thing is, um, you know, to be able to do what we do, we really need to have a lot of community awareness out there. Um, you know, the more people that know about our organization, uh, the more referrals we'll get and the more people we can help. Um, and then, of course, like you said, is funding, you know, uh, to do what we do, we, we need funding and we need donations. And so uh, we're always pursuing those. Um Another part uh, that's kind of tricky about uh, creating awareness of our organization is much of what we do is, um, help, you know, helping low-income families in need, and there's uh, a level of privacy there that needs to be uh, protected. So, you know, when we're helping a family with something, it's hard to, um, you know, come out and be like, oh, you know, we just got to do this and help a family uh, with this. Meanwhile protecting their privacy and not um, not ex- exposing uh, that family. Um, so it, it yeah. kind of puts us in a unique, unique position where uh, we got to be careful and um, be very respectful and mindful of the people that we're, we're helping out. And I'm on your website, and for folks out there, it's hfra.us. Great website. You can actually re- request a donation on there. There's a request a donation tab. Uh, it talks a little bit about their programs and events you guys have going on, um, some silent auction samples, and also you guys did a Top Golf fundraiser last year in September. Are you planning on doing any other, other fundraisers or silent auction uh, events this year? Yeah, so we'll be doing that same uh, event this year. Um, so that's coming up on September 15th. It's a Sunday, um, and it kicks off at 4 p.m. Um, Top Golf, that's been a very successful event for us um, the last few years. Um, and so we're just kind of putting uh, everything together right now for, for that event. Um, but that's one of our bigger annual fundraisers. Um, and it's a lot of fun. We have a big silent auction. We also have a raffle. Um, people show up, just hang out, have a great time. Um, we have a bunch of golf base reserves. People come and play games and swing clubs. And it's also, it's very family friendly. Kids come and have just a great time. Um, so yeah, it's a great annual fundraiser for us and, um, brings a lot of, a lot of community members uh, together who know and support our organization. So it's pretty cool. Fantastic. So I'll read the what the admission ticket includes. Unlimited golf buffet, drink ticket for beer or wine, bottomless soda, Top Golf membership, uh, silent auction and raffle access, a dedicated bar, and games for kids. Um, and if you've ever been out there to Top Golf, I can tell you from personal experience, it's a lot of fun out there. So that seems like a good event. Um, all right, Dan, well... Uh, any, any future goals or new developments for your organization? And then maybe if you could remind the folks one more time uh, when and how and where to donate. Yeah. Um, so we just, our board just created another um, branch of the organization that we're going to start uh, testing out. And that's an athletic and arts scholarship for uh, low-income kids. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, kids in the community 
can um, pursue the uh, athletic and arts goals um, that they want and that um, money isn't, you know, we, we feel that money shouldn't be an issue um, for those goals. And, you know, those sort of things have become more and more expensive. Um, and so we're, we're put together a subcommittee um, to begin forming this athletic and art scholarship uh, branch of the organization. Um, we're really excited about it. Um, we're curious to see where it goes. Um, and like I said, it's, it's just been created. And so that's, that's kind of up and coming. Um, and yeah, anyone who's interested in donating to the organization, uh, either by check, uh, to our PO box, uh, PO box 895 Hillsboro, Oregon 97123, uh, or through the website hfra.us. Um, and you can simply click and donate and it'll walk you through that. Fantastic. Dan King, Vice President, Hillsboro Firefighters Random Acts. Good luck with the golf event. That sounds like fun. And the toy drive as well. And um, continued success. And thanks for what you guys do every day. And then also for these uh, special events as well. And thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks a lot, Preston. Pleasure to, pleasure to be here. We really appreciate it. We were talking today with Dan King, Vice President of Hillsboro Firefighters Random Acts. Metroscope is an Intercom Portland Public Affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.